0: Ed Robertson, thanking you as always for listening to TV Confidential. We've been taking a few days off this week to recharge our batteries, but we'll be back with a brand new edition of our program the weekend of Friday, April 7th. Our guest that week will be Emmy Award winning and Oscar nominated actor Thomas Hayden Church. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, this coming Tuesday, April 4th, marks the 50th anniversary of the assassination of civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King. And with that in mind, we thought we'd bring you an encore presentation of the conversation we had in February 2021 with actress, author, and playwright, Donzelay Abernathy. While most of you know Donzellay for her work as an actress, including the critically acclaimed Lifetime TV series, Any Day Now, she is also the goddaughter of Dr. Martin Luther King, while Donzley's father, the Reverend Ralph David Abernathy, co-founded the Civil Rights Movement along with Dr. King. Donzellay's book, Partners to History, is a pictorial history of the Civil Rights Movement that also captures the words of both Dr. King and Reverend Abernathy, while also showing you first-hand glimpses of who both men were as people. Hi, this
1: is Lewis Gosselin, Jr. You're listening to TV Confidential. He had a dream of A beautiful dream, a dream he believed would soon come true.
0: The Robertson Lothar guest, Donzele Abernathy. Donzellay Abernathy, award-winning actress, author, speaker, vocalist, playwright, and the youngest daughter of the Reverend Ralph David Abernathy, the man who co-founded the Civil Rights Movement along with Dr. Martin Luther King. Donzellay's book, Partners to History, is a pictorial history of the work that Dr. King and Donzellay's father did together in founding the modern-day civil rights movement, and changing the course of American history. Don will discuss Partners to History in a Zoom talk that will be hosted by the Pasadena Public Library on Saturday, February 27th, beginning at 2 p.m. The Zoom talk is free. To register, go to cityofpasadena.net forward slash library forward slash calendar for more information. Don Abernathy is also the lead vocalist of The Listening, The Listening, a unique social justice course project inspired by Beyond Vietnam, A Time to Break Silence, a speech delivered by Dr. Martin Luther King in April 1967. The Listening is now available as a single. For more information, go to cbemusic.co forward slash the listening, music.co forward slash the listening. Before we went to break, Don Zillet was telling us the backstory of how her book Partners to History came to be, including the story of the stunning photo that graces the cover of the book.
1: Quay wanted the picture of and Camargo with their two heads. That's what he had always wanted, mm-hmm. to be the cover of the book. So I said, no, I, it's going to be this other one, because it's clergymen of different faiths marching through Arlington National Cemetery, protesting the war in Vietnam, yeah. because we are about nonviolence. We're anti-war. And I won over Quay, but what he did was... He put the picture of Daddy and Akamad with their heads together Mm -hmm. on top of that picture. And it's a faded image when you look at the book. So if you can look at it and see, you'll see their images of their heads together are faded photo of the, the men walking. Yeah, the, well the,
0: the, ecumen- the, the ecumenical support in, in protest in the Vietnam War. And also, right. it, it, it it is also uh, ministers of different colors, you know, which, which, right. which, which is the core of the book and the core of what your father taught you from a very young age. Right.
1: And there's the Torah. There's Rabbi Eisenbach with the Torah and Rabbi Abraham Heschel and Catholic priests and Episcopal priests and Daddy and Uncle Martin, the black Baptist ministers, and everybody's waving the American flag. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Kennedy wrote the foreword to my book. Robert
0: Kennedy Jr.
1: Because literally, when my dad died in 1990, I went up to New York to Bedford. I was making a movie with Gregory Peck called um, uh, Other People's Money. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to um, you know, spend a lot of time with Mr. Peck and with his wife, Veronique. And uh, Bobby said, uh, "You know, come over to his house in, in Bedford." And I went, and we were out with the Hawks. And when we got back, Bobby showed me a book that he'd written about Lemoyne Billings, who was President John Kennedy's best friend. And I knew Lem; I had met Lem at the Democratic National Convention when uh, uh, Teddy Kennedy was running, and I had been to his house. And uh, we all went to dinner at Trader Vic's, and we all sat together, and it was just wonderful. And then after that, I would ever so often call Lem and and just listen to him talk and tell great stories. I just thought he was a wonderful human being, and so Bobby showed me this book that he'd written about Lem. And I remember leaving and thinking, my God, if Bobby can write a book, I know I can write a book, too, you know, and so... I asked him to write the foreword to the book because he was the person who literally inspired me. Because when we were walking in the woods with the hawks, you know, Mm -hmm. I was talking about being an actress living in Hollywood. And, you know, I'd lost my father. Bobby was really sweet. He came down to Atlanta and spent two days uh, with us. When, when my dad died and um, he's like, don't like, you know, you have a responsibility. You have to carry on the legacy. I'm like, I'm an actress. I don't have to carry on anything. I'm nobody. Nobody cares. He's like, no, but you have to. You have to. And these are the things that you need to do. And, and, and he's lecturing me. And I'm thinking, I don't matter in all of this. I'm just some little actress. That's how I saw myself until my dad died. And, and Bobby lit a a fire under me, and uh, I went back to Los Angeles and thought about literally making the book and then putting it on the back burner until I met Coy Hayes, and so uh, that's why I asked Bobby to write the foreword to the book, because he inspired me, and uh, his brother-in-law, John Richardson, was a good friend of mine, so I said to John, you ask Bobby write the for my book and so uh, John did that. Yeah, and then their sister Nan Richardson helped with securing some photos and yeah, it was a labor of love and it was just a debt of gratitude that I owe to Daddy and Uncle Maud and, and and I still literally write about them every day. Every day in, in another format or another, not in the same in that you know, that book anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done other books that have yet to be published, and then I have other projects that I'm working on and writing to tell their story, because I need to tell it from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and I've put myself in it as the voice that literally tells the story. Prior to that, I'd never done that, and I realized that I have a voice, too, in all of this, and, um, you know, I just feel like um, God bless me and, and shine down on, on me and my family and put a where we were, where they were in a position to make a change and my dad used to say we were ordinary men, put in an extraordinary circumstance and we rose to the occasion. The occasion was uh Rosa being arrested mm-hmm. and Rosa was the third moment and, and Daddy decided, you know, it's time and the following morning he met those ministers. He's like, It's time to create a movement and my dad put the feud to the fire and started the whole thing and pulled Uncle Martin in, who was his best friend, and he was like, listen, you're going to do this with me, and Uncle Martin's like, no, 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 I don't think I can do it, and Daddy's like, oh, yes, you can, I will pick you up and you go with me to the meetings, we're going to do this together, and they did it together all the way to the end, and when Uncle Martin died, he died in my dad's arms at um, St. Joseph's Hospital, and Daddy was, you know, brokenhearted that Uncle Martin had died, and he kept saying, I should've taken the bullet, I should've taken the bullet, but he didn't know the bullet was coming. He didn't know. And then daddy said, you know, I'm strong. Martin wouldn't have made it without me, but obviously I'm I'm here without him. So I have to make it for you all. And uh, he carried on. And um, until we had the free meal program for low income children, the food stamp program, affirmative action, and... And the Martin Luther King holiday. And the holiday, which originated in my father's heart. And he took it to Congressman John Lewis, and he took it to Senator Ed Brooke. And Ed Brooke worked in the Senate, and John Conyers was in the Congress. And, uh, yeah, but that holiday originated in my dad's heart. And it was about all people coming together of goodwill. And now no one ever knows that, you know, it began with my dad. They think it was... See want Wonder wrote
0: a song. <laughs> well, if they if they read Partners to History, or if they if they just Google Donzaleigh Abernathy, they're going to know that uh, uh, your father Ralph David Abernathy was the spine, was the architect, was the skeleton behind the Civil Rights Movement you know as we know it today. I mean, you know, Dr. King was the voice, but right. you know, the voice needs the body to support it. That's right. Otherwise, there is no living, breathing being. Donzellay Abernathy is on the line with us. Donzellay Abernathy, youngest daughter of the Reverend Ralph David Abernathy, the man who co-founded the Civil Rights Movement along with his best friend, Dr. Martin Luther King. Donzellay's book, Partners to History, Martin Luther King, Ralph David Abernathy, and the Civil Rights Movement, is a pictorial history of the work that Dr. King and her father together in founding the modern-day civil rights movement and changing the course of American history. Partners to History is available through Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Donzley Abernathy is also the lead vocalist of The Listening, The Listening, a unique social justice course project inspired by a speech given by Dr. King in April 1967. We'll also talk about The Listening in just a second, but first, because you mentioned Dennis Haysbert, who was at that uh, gathering uh, hosted by Dina Merrill, which set the stage for how you ended up finding a publisher for Partners to History. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Dennis Haysbert was the president in 24 during the year you worked on the show, correct? That's right.
1: Absolutely.
0: He, he's like one of my favorite screen presidents of all time. I mean, I've, I've, always, I've always liked his work to begin with. but uh, And I don't know whether this is something in the script or not, but there were moments when, as the president, there was an inner rage that was boiling, but he couldn't blow up because he's the president. You know, that's, right. that's, that's what he had Jack Bauer to do. But Dennis had this, he would do this thing with his nostrils where they would, like, flare for a moment. And that was enough to show he was ticked off, but he had to be cool because, after all, he was the president. I don't know. And, and that, that is apropos of nothing. But when you say Dennis Haysbert, I immediately think of that nostrils bit and what a fine, subtle piece of acting that was.
1: Wow. Dennis is, like, grace under pressure. Mm-hmm. Complete. Grace Under Pressure. And uh, I I enjoyed watching him on that show. And he used to come and listen to my friend Chris Mulkey's band, whom I used to sing with. I was the soloist with Chris Mulkey, Mm -hmm. who was another actor that I worked with on Any Day Now. He plays Annie Potts' husband, and I played Lorraine Toussaint's mother. And when our show ended, Mulkey and I just adored each other and loved each other so much. I said to Mulkey, "I want. I, I sing. I know you play music all the time. Uh, I sing, and uh, let me audition for you." So <laughs> on the set, right before the show wraps, uh, I guess that's a couple of weeks before the show wraps, I sing for Mulkey, and we're over on the side on on a stage, pretty much by ourselves, and I'm just having my own little private concert for. Uh, Chris Moki and he was like, okay, okay, well that's good. Come on, I think well, you can join my band. And when the show ended, I guess it was like less than uh, a few weeks later, Moki was like, come on over. It's Saturday morning, so early Saturday mornings, I would be at Chris Moki's house with his wife in the little room off of their bedroom, learning uh, all of his songs. That we would then after uh, after I learned the songs. We'd find ourselves Friday and Saturday nights in pubs all around Los Angeles and in nightclubs performing. And, uh, yes, I sang with the band, with the boys, and uh, it was great. And I'm so grateful to Chris and to Any Day because of that. But Dennis used to come. Dennis Haysburg Mm -hmm. used to come and hear us sing. And, you know, I'd stand back there and talk to him. And he, doesn't, he didn't even remember me from 24. I didn't literally work with him. I was one of those agents that ultimately gets killed. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, people like that would work with Jeff Bauer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd tell him about it. He didn't really care. At that point, you know, it was all about the music. Yeah. He just loved being there to support Chris. But, uh, yeah, you know, in Hollywood, you know, people are just people. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who they are. I'll never forget, we went to President um, Barack Obama's uh, inauguration, and we had been given tickets by Congressman John Lewis. Mm-hmm. And my mother had been invited to sit on the platform that morning behind Presidents George Walker Bush and Bill Clinton mm-hmm. and Hillary Clinton and, and Barbara Bush. So my mother directly behind them, in front of Dan Quayle, who's really upset, right? <laughs> but uh, And so we had mother's tickets, and we're seated, and then somebody comes and wants to move us forward to another section, and so I've got these tickets that I've got to give away, and I look, and I see this lady and her daughter, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's a white mother and her black daughter. They're the dream. That's what we're talking about. Integrated families, integrated communities. So I walk over to the lady, and I say, listen, can I get you my tickets? And, uh, yeah, why don't you come up here and have a seat? And everybody else is going, you know, to the back, you know, far away from the stage, from the for the platform is for the um, inauguration and i take them to my seat and they're like oh thank you so much and no one's around them at that point it's all empty space i'm like but well, these are my seats and these are your tickets and these are yours and you take care and thank you so much for being the dream i run back i tell my brother what i've done and he turns around and i said see that's the mother and the daughter and he's like don't don't you know who that is I'm like, no, it's a mother. It's a white mother and her black daughter. And he's like, no, that's Alicia Keys. Oh, wow. I'm like, what? Alicia Keys? So then I run over to them. and go, My brother says to me, invite him up here. We've got more seats up here. I'm like, okay. So I run over to him. I said, Billy, are you Alicia Keys? <laughs> yeah? I'm like, oh, wow. I had no idea. I just saw your mom. And I'm like, my brother says, you want to come up here and sit with us? And it's like way in the front. She's like, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> then we go all the way up front. And it's the four of us, right? And, uh, and then all the members of Congress in the Senate are coming over to speak to Alicia, right? Because she's going to be performing. Yeah. And, uh, at, at, but at the ball. She's performing at the ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're coming over with their families and they're asking for pictures and this, that, and the other. And so, um, the people want to take pictures. And so I just remember security or somebody coming over and they're saying, "Miss Keys, these are from also, um, uh, the Obama people are like, uh, you're being bombarded. Uh, we, we'd like to move you to the front. Right at the bottom of the stage, right where uh, the platform is where you could look straight up and there's the inauguration happening. And uh, uh, she said, uh, Oh, thank you so much, but I will not go unless the Abernethys go with me. Oh, that's and it cool. was so <laughs> sweet. And so, sure enough, I said, Okay, we'll do it. And there we went. And we had one big blanket. I brought a blanket from a hotel. It was freezing cold, and the four of us are covered in the blanket. And uh, oh, my God, it was so much fun. I spent the day with her mother, Teria, and my brother, and sweet Alicia. And uh, I didn't know who she was from Adam. I just knew she was a, the daughter of this white woman and a Korea. And so you, but you never know where you're going to end in life, and you never know who you're going to end up with. Exactly. And we found each other in the midst of all of that, uh, I mean, tens of thousands of people. Isn't that funny?
0: It's very funny. Donzele Abernathy is also the lead vocalist of The Listening, a unique choral project inspired by a speech given by Dr. Martin Luther King, that will also remind you of the music of Hamilton. Don will be back next week for part two of our conversation. We'll ask her how she became involved in the listening. We'll also talk about how she carries on the legacy of her father, Ralph David Abernathy, through her work as an artist, and how her father encouraged Donzelay to pursue her dream of becoming an actress just before he died. We'll play part two of our conversation with Donzelay Abernathy next week on TV Confidential. We hope you join us for that. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk